is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Okay, this is fucking incredible. First of all, you're fucking incredible. I started this... um, Here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how to actually be you. And I need you to give me a moment just to connect with you, share some things. So number one, I started this live at 111. I just went and had the most fabulous lunch at a local place that is not Sonic. I mean, God bless Sonic, but seriously, how much fast food can we eat? Um, Today is one of those days where I am seeing everything clearly, so it feels really good. And no matter what you're feeling, you deserve more love, not less. Just want to remind you. But my, um, so it's 111 right now. And my number at Lago Bistro was number 11. Um, I know I don't talk about spiritual stuff uh, really because I have done a lot of work. I love my spiritual stuff, but I've done a lot of work to be guided from within spiritually instead of out. But I do love these little wings from the universe. So we're going to have a really good fucking chat today. Um, I want to explain for new watchers, new listeners, here's what I do. My name is Allison Crow, and I'm the best coach there is. <laughs> um, well, depending on what you need it for. I'm going to call myself the best life coach. I started in business coaching. Um, I started in business coaching, and early on in business coaching, I saw that there was way more than the business skills. I can recommend and refer tons of business coaching. And with my business clients, all of my clients have business uh businesses. Um, Most all of my clients have businesses. I can refer you to people for business training. But early on, many, many years ago, even I started my company 10 years ago, was coaching before that. I could see that this inner work was where the business and life success was. Why am I telling you this? Oh, Ever since then, here we are today, and I realized that connection has always been one of my highest values. I have a couple of episodes about values. And so why do I record podcasts on live video 99% of the time? I don't even know who's here today, but I see one little eyeball looking at me. One little viewer. And when I see those viewers, oh, it says three viewers now. When I see that, and the reason I record live is so that I can connect with you. I love sharing my podcast, but I, it's, I never know who's out there. And I may never know who is, um, who is watching here live unless you comment and that's okay, but connection. So before I get into the topic, I'm going to just share some random juicy juicy shit, juicy shit. Number one, if you're viewing me live, you can see that I cut off all my hair. Hello, 2003. I've got my realtor hair back, 
right now, there are no curls. I can dry it curly too, but yeah, realtor hair back. So if you're a podcast listener, come find me online and see what my new hairdo looks like. Um, thank you to my client, Jennifer, who um, also got all her hair chopped off and I totally copied her. Totally copied her. Okay. Yeah, there's a pause for silence. A connection means everything to me. And there were so many things in 17 years of being self-employed, running my own business. One of these days I'll put it together, but not today. Today we're going to actually talk about how to be you because, right, like everybody says, oh, be you. I say, oh, be you. I thought in 2014 I was being me. Y'all thought I was being me when when I took off all my clothes at Rich Lipman's event and it's a YouTube video on my website. I take off my clothes. I do a really fucking hilarious talk. It's still relevant. My body's about the same size. I take it off. I get naked. I strip down to the authentic me. Since then... Would love to do that talk again because there's so much more to me and so I'm going to share with you some ways and benefits of being yourself like how what does that actually fucking mean we're gonna get there um I had an insight that I thought oh, this probably could be a whole episode but I'm just gonna so why I do these live videos and turn them into podcasts I like connecting with you I love sharing my heart. I am here for self-expression and I bet you are too, believe it or not, whether you're quiet and shy or not. Um, I'm actually an introvert. I love being able to share. I love being on stage. I love teaching. I love coaching. I love speaking. And I realize, y'all realize I moved out to the country and I'm like a little hermit who never leaves our house sometimes. And um, COVID, I realize now looking back, like COVID really fucked with me and shelter in place and all that other stuff and like the stress and all the stress of the politics and stuff like that really messed with my nervous system. <clears throat> and I didn't realize it's, it's not a bad thing. It's so good because I learned so much, but as I'm coming back online with myself, as I'm recalibrating energy, as I'm recalling insight, as I'm recalibrate what I'm doing, as I'm meeting myself, there is a whole new layer of BU and I'm learning the things that kind of limit my ability to be me and express myself, not just for you guys, but for me. So um, that's kind of fun. I wanted to tell you about the COVID thing. I wanted to tell you why I do the um, live video. If you prefer to not watch live video because there's no way to speed it up, by all means, this will come out on Sunday. I have two new episodes. I have not sent emails about them, but I have the last two weeks I've had new episodes. We are 43,000 downloads and way more. This says episode number 141, but we have about 20 non-numbered episodes. If you ever think you haven't done something, take a minute and look back over your shoulder and look at the wake of goodness, content, clients, something behind you. Most of my listeners, most of my audience is like experienced people. People, people have, that, have been around the block for a while or two. If you're younger and like haven't had a whole lot of life in front of you, welcome. Um, Personally, I am both navigating like this coming back to life and rediscovering who I really am and who I intend to be in the world and what my work is. And I'm also navigating a dying dog. One of my pups is sick. Uh, he has both cancer and liver disease. 
think the liver disease is going to take them out first, but that is, there's so much anticipatory grief around that. And so in one minute, I can be really energized. And the next minute, I can be focused on sweet Rocky Potato, who is laying on the floor next to me. And it reminds me that life is both and. We've had these conversations so many times. And this is what a lot of traditional online training and coaching misses. Like, you guys, you're human. You came here to be human. You didn't come here to bypass being human. And I need to confess to you, I didn't know I was doing it. I didn't know how much of my self-expression, how much of my own self I didn't even know through most of my adult life. I didn't know how. I mean, Bill and I were laughing the other day. There was a time in our marriage and we've been married 13 years. There was a time in our marriage, like some of you may not know that I used to be really volatile, (laughs) really volatile. I'm sure that's, maybe that's why my ex-husband left. I don't know, because I might've said fuck you to him once when he didn't come home on time and I thought he was dead or with another woman. Um, But I grew up in a household, sorry, mom and dad, you know, this is true. Um, I grew up in a household that was really volatile emotionally, verbally, and um, really great in a lot of ways, but really inconsistent and traumatic in some other ways. Um, I know my parents were doing the best they could, and I can see now so much of how I grew up in my family life and in, um, in all the experiences I've had, not just in my family, but in school, in life, in the context of of um, consciousness and media and what's going on, the stories that we've been told and religion that told me I was going to hell and all these other things. Like, oh my God, I am seven months away from being 50. And shout out to Sari Wild, who did some um, work. She used to, she was a former client of mine and she did some really cool uh, work with me and helped me realize some things about my life in this like three chunks and you guys you think I've been around for 17 years hold on to your fucking horses and here's what's so fun I'm not gonna try I'm just gonna keep being me but something is opening up and why is it opening up because of the episode I'm doing today oh the other thing uh, many of you might not so I'm I'm gonna be well, I'm still doing really deep inner work with my clients. I love talk. I will always love talking business, but I still really do inner deep inner work. I, I totally just burped my lunch from Cafe Laco. Excuse me. <laughs> um, there's some really cool shit going on. So my own client Soli's have a Soli retreat this summer. Unless you're Soli, can't come. I do have an expressive arts painting retreat. There are one, two, three, four taken, five gonna be taken. That means there are five spots left. Ginny, Ginny, there are five spots left for this expressive arts retreat. You do not need to be an artist. Many of you know me as an artist and as a creator. I am a creator of my life and I love dabbling in art. I love dabbling in words. I love dabbling in spoken word with this beautiful imperfection that I want to give you permission to fall in love with the imperfectness of you. And expressive arts is a combination of creating 
to touch your own heart, to get to know yourself. It is not about the performance of art. It is not about creating art for an outcome. And so I have a really small intimate retreat. 10 people plus myself and my art assistant are going to be there. She's also certified in expressive arts. And so that's going to be a really intimate um, experience. It is $2,000 that covers some people are like, ah, $2,000. Listen, bitches, I'm hardly getting paid on this. It covers your venue. It covers all your meals and all your art supplies and amazing coaching and space holding with me. So that's going to be $2,000. I will have the website up on Sunday evening. So this comes out to the rest of the world Sunday. Message me if you want to grab one of those last five spots. Camp Starheart for next year. Thank you for enduring with me. I know I'm kind of, this, we're like in the green room. I'll get to the real content in a minute, but this shit is good. Camp Starheart next year. I should totally do a behind the scenes of running a 50 person event. Um, I've been at the same venue for five years and basically they can fuck all the way off. <laughs> So we're moving venues. Um, we're moving venues. And this is not something I talk about at camp because I want my clients to have a good experience. There's been a lot of really good things about having Camp Starheart at the venue that I've had for the last five years. And we are moving. And my amazing freaking assistant, Amber, she's more than my assistant. She's like my concierge. She's my client lover. Like she just, she is my high level support. And Amber... <laughs> has found an amazing place and we were contracting this week. So those dates are May 1st through 4th. It's going to be more expensive, y'all. We upgraded. We go in luxury, hill country, wine country. We are, we are getting out of fucking downtown Austin. Um, it's going to be amazing. And um, most of those tickets are already sold. Um, there are, most of those tickets are already sold. Um, and so there's probably about 10, 15 spots at Camp Starheart for next year. If you want in early, I don't have a sales page yet, but if you want in early, get on it. It is gorgeous. One of these days I'll tell you what it is so you can look it up and you'll be like, bitches, Allison and her people are there. Plus this space. Oh, I'm going. So yeah. The other thing is it's still got the very Texas Hill Country vibe. My friend Jenny, who's watching right now and former client and former high level client, Jenny lives out in the Texas Hill Country and she knows the luxury Hill Country Texas vibe because I cannot have an event at like Maserati place. I cannot have a, an event at like I don't know. Uh, I cannot have an event at a place that everybody has an event. So I just wanted to give you some opportunities to come and hang out with me and to not just hang out with me, please. Okay. I noticed this thing about my branding. Like everybody wants to be my best friend and my neighbor. And just let me tell you, you can't live next to me. Somebody else already bought the fucking house. But if you come sit in my presence and share your heart with me, I will promise you that you will meet, know, and trust yourself better. So let me get on with it. I don't have any web pages to send you to unless you want to go to coachwithallison.com and join Solis because please, hello, hello. Or you can pay one-on-one -on -one for um, private coaching. It starts at $18,000. Or you can become a member of coaching uh, Solis and get occasional one-on-one -on -one coaching for $111. So you tell me. Um, let's talk about this visuals. Sorry, podcast people. <laughs> Be yourself. Yes, I've been painting. My favorite thing, my favorite thing, my favorite work supply is this stack of five by seven 
note cards on my desk. I use them to take notes on client calls. I use them to doodle and I use them to paint. It's not even good painting paper. So let's talk about be yourself. What the fuck does that mean? I know I'm high on the cuss words today. If you don't like it, sorry, (laughs) fix your thinking. Um, How do you be you? Everybody's saying be you. And most people I know don't know what that means. And one of the things I've learned after 15 years of coaching and 17 years of being self-employed and 50,000 deep coaching sessions and group sessions and working with all kinds of people. I've worked with teenagers. I don't work with teenagers now, but I have worked with teenagers who I do not expect to know me. But as I had a client say, I love that Shelly. Fucking A! Um, I had, I have a one-on-one client that I was working with last week and, um, I love our sessions. (laughs) She said, I thought having the dream house and having the dream marriage and my gorgeous children and my amazing business. She has a really big business, like way bigger than my business. She has a a very large staff and um, she has a huge business. She's like, I thought all that would make everything better. And I said, honey, that's why you hired me. We are doing, and this is the work that I do with my clients, is we are doing this inner work of meeting ourselves so that we learn how to manage our emotions, so that we learn how to manage our thoughts, so that we learn how to have self-compassion, so that we meet the parts of us. Now, here's this is where this is where people get stuck. And what I'm learning, what I did, what I'm undoing, what I'm becoming certified in. You guys, we take on a lot of shit in this thing called ordinary everyday life. It's natural. It's human. There's nothing wrong with you. You are innocent. No matter what you've experienced, no matter what you feel today, you deserve more love and compassion, not less. And so much of personal growth tells us that we're fucked up. We're thinking wrong. We just change our thinking. We change our life. They tell us to be you. What does be you mean? We're inundated with how to be in society. We're inundated with how to be in social media. Just do this. Just be this. Oh, your being creates your reality. Well, what the fuck does that mean? I know. I know, sweetie. So what I want to share with today is three high level, how you actually get to be yourself. I wish this were, you know, I say three steps. I wish it were really three steps. Honestly, listen, sweetie, it's like 30,000 million steps and most of them feel like shit. Okay. So yes, it feels like shit. Come work with me. I'll help you do it. The first way is, well, not the first way, but if we're working backwards, if this is the end result of being yourself, to be yourself, honestly, we have to trust ourselves. We have to trust ourselves. Well, how the hell do you do that? Most of the women that I work with, even some of the men, I have, I have one male client right now, just one. Most of my clients are women. But if a man doesn't mind hanging around with a bunch of women and knows he's not included in the group events, like the live event, oh, he can come to Camp Star Heart, but he can't come to the retreats. I don't know. Maybe he could. I don't know that he'd want to. Anyways, I have a, I have a client that, like my man client charges more than I do for one-on-one coaching. And he has some of the same stuff, like what does it really mean to trust myself? And, and no matter how experienced my clients are, and these days I'm working with experienced business owners, very few people in the how-to stage. 
It's their self-doubt never is relentless. The self-doubt and comparison and the compromising and the people-pleasing is relentless. It never lets up. And so this constant reminder, how do we remember who we really are? Well, and I've been saying that for years, remember who you really are. But the reality is most of us don't know. And the reason is we have this outward focus. And even if we have an inward focus, a lot of us have had this inward focus. And so, oh, we sit on our meditation cushion to meditate and we're not meeting ourselves in the meditating. We're skipping meeting ourselves to meet spirit. In all these years, I'd sit on a meditation cushion and I was like, why can't I have a kundalini experience? And I remember being, when I was in the church and somebody in my family spoke tongues, I was so jealous because I had been a Christian forever and never spoke tongues. And someone in my family became a Christian overnight. And next thing I know, she's speaking tongues. And I asked God, why does she get to speak tongues? And I don't have any of those miracles. And God said, because you don't need it. You need to meet yourself. You don't need to meet me. You don't need miracles. You already believe. And I think I finally believe in spirit enough to meet my fucking self, to be human. And so much of my life, spirituality or Christianity or work or whatever was my reason to avoid meeting myself. The more I meet myself, the more I know myself, the more I sit with, especially the most wounded, trembly, youngest parts of myself. Also, sitting with the, the perfectly functioning, high-functioning parts of myself, as I sit with them and I sit with their burdens and troubles and I sit with their stories from this compassionate, sacred self-place, I begin to trust myself more. I trust myself to be me. I trust myself to do what I want to do. Y'all know what maybe, maybe this is another podcast episode, but like really who has time for this shit? There are so many things that if I did them, I would be more famous and more financially successful. They're not necessarily wrong, but they're not, they don't feel aligned. It's not the right word. I just don't want to do them. I don't, I don't want to take your credit card on the fucking phone and tell you that you're, um, I don't want to tell you that you're not leaning into your edge if you don't buy now. I come from the place of fostering self-trust, even if it's at my financial expense. Sometimes that bites me in the ass and I am fine with an ass biting if you grow from it. <laughs> I'm not fine with you being an asshole to me. That's a whole nother story. Okay, so well, how do we begin to trust ourselves? And really this show is secretly called Meet Your True Self. This is the first step. And so out there in the world, we're trying to be ourselves, be you, but we don't really know ourselves. And you can take all the Enneagrams and all the DISC and all the personality profiles and all the... Um, What's that manifesting generator thing that I am? And you can take the AVIA and you can take all, you can take all the things and it's still not going to tell you who you are. It's going to tell you how you behave. And back when I was trained in DISC, for years I had been trained in DISC, which is a, one of the businessy psychological profiles. Um, I had one teacher share a deeper layer of the disc that talked about the deep inner motives of these personality types. I was like, oh, 
And so, yeah, we can see behavior out there, but I'm not talking about meeting your behavior. I'm talking about using your behavior as a clue, as a trailhead, as a beautiful open door of possibility to really uncover your true self all the good stuff and all the really hard stuff. And I will tell you every part of you, all the parts of you are, have benevolent intent. You are innocent. You're innocent. You as a being are innocent. And we have, so I see these high level leaders. I realize like looking around, woo, all of us, that's how we dealt with our trauma. We decide to, perform and be really good at what we do. And we decided to be the best or be good or be right. And oh my sweeties, it has worked until it doesn't work anymore. Until we meet these parts. And I wish I could share with you and maybe some way I'll figure it out. I wish you could be a fly on the wall in some of these coaching sessions where a client meets a part of themselves for the very first time. And I'll tell you what, at first, a lot of times they're like, yeah, no, yeah, no. And we just keep gently asking questions and we keep gently showing up with calmness and curiosity. And I ask my bodies to drop down out of their heads from their neck down and sensate in their body. And I ask them to visualize conversations in their own mind, not coming from an intellectual place, And to watch a client click into, oh, oh, this is why I do this. This is what my motive was. This is what my heart wants. This is what I would do if I didn't have to work so hard to be right, to be good enough, to protect all my insides. I mean, it is really fun. I've had some, I have a client that last week went and got back out in the world and she's an artist doing corporate work with like L'Oreal and um, I can't remember the name of the other, the, the combination company, but like these big executive giant conglomerations. I love these, like it's woohoo, you get this gazillion dollar contract. I mean, that is super fun, but y'all, you know, what's even more fun and what lasts longer? Meeting yourself being really willing to meet yourself. And the reason I know this is because I, not on purpose, I'm not saying that most of you run around going, I don't want to know myself. What we do, what I did was I ran around and said, I know myself, you can't tell me who I am. Because I was hiding the hurt parts of me. I, for 45 years, 44 years, I don't know, whatever year 2014 was, I... Just wanted to be positive, Pollyanna. I wanted, um, I had a sweet client yesterday. She's like, I'm just waiting for alignment. And I was like, fuck alignment. And alignment is like still one of my favorite things, but we're waiting on something outside of us. We're waiting on a message. We're waiting on a sign. We're waiting on the world to change. We're waiting on something outside of us. We're waiting to, for clarity. Fuck all that shit. All of that is outside of you and you have forgotten how beautiful and amazing and resilient and resourceful and creative you are. And the processes that helped me 
dive a little deeper, dive a lot deeper, really get to know myself was expressive arts. I am not saying it's the only way you have to do it. So there's lots of ways, but one of the processes was through creativity. I, uh, through my business, right? Through creating a business over 17 years, creating a marriage, creating um, being a step parent, creating fostering and rescuing and loving dogs that are dying, um, creating and failing at friendships, whatever it is. You know, sometimes people people think art and it, you have to be, um, come here, Lee, art and you have to be this perfect, we're all artists, we're artists of life. And I spent most of my life really chiseling in unconsciously this dialed positivity until one day I started painting and, and I caught little glimpses, little shadows of parts of myself that were terrified, that were hurt, that were protecting, that were fierce, that served a lot of really good purposes. And over the last seven years, I have been meeting myself. Do you know that I no longer struggle with depression? I just don't. And it's not the medicine. I've been on medicine for depression since I was 19 years old. Had therapy, had treatment. Let me hit mute while I talk to my dog real quick. Hold on. Um... The reason I don't experience depression anymore is because I don't press anything down anymore. And I spent, by being so fucking positive, I was pressing down things I did not want to feel. But you guys, I wrote a post and it, it got a lot of attention and love. And that's not why I wrote it. I wrote it to process some of my own grief. And here I am with my sweet dying dog that I've only had for three years and I love him. Love is the fun part. And if I weren't willing to grieve and be with him as he's sick or hold his hand, whether he dies in my arms or whether, well, he will die in my arms, no matter what that that's just a given because I will be there with him. And some people say, how can you be with your dog when he's put down or how can you be because how can you not be? How can you not love something so much? And for years, I'll tell you what, you guys, I used to avoid funerals. I didn't realize I was avoiding funerals, but someone would die and I would casually forget the funeral. Why? Because I didn't know how to feel my own grief. And I know how to feel my grief and I know how to feel my discomfort and I know how to feel my... There is a little part of me that comes up. So here's another behind the scenes. There is a little part of me. She is little. She is terrified of rejection and disappointing friends. She really has no place in my business. But she is the one emotional part of me that sometimes shows up. Like she totally showed up when I let my podcast people, um, my marketing people go. And I let them go because I just wanted a financial break. I needed, uh, I was recovering from my COVID experience. I just needed some silence and they no longer do the work they were doing with me. So we just, you know, parted ways um, positively. But um, 
when she came up, I was uh, on this call where I'm lovingly telling my colleague and friend that, you know, I, is this an option to take a pause? No, it's not an option. Well, then I need to cancel. I didn't break a contract. We had a month and month, so I finished up. But this part of me comes up and she's like, I'm scared. You're not going to like me anymore. And there have been times where in my membership, because my membership coaching is a month-to-month program, there is no long-term investment, right? If you work with me one-on-one or in one of my deep coaching circles, that is a 12 to 13-month agreement. It's a very long-term relationship. Many, Some of my clients have worked with me for 10 years, but Solis is um, like a gym membership, except for I'm way easier to get out of than Gold's Gym. And so it's a month-to-month membership. And every once in a while... It has nothing to do with the people leaving. But every once in a while, I'll get a message from a beloved client who says, I'm going to cancel. And the professional in me totally gets it and knows it. And I have heard so many of my clients and so many of you guys say, well, I know how to respond to this, but I'm having this emotional experience. And every once in a while, I noticed it did not happen. Like somebody on Thursday could cancel and I'd be fine. And somebody on Friday could cancel. And all of a sudden, three-year-old Allison was like, you reject me. You don't love me. And I wouldn't necessarily say that to them, but I would have this experience. And so what I've been doing is meeting that little one. Instead of pushing her down, instead of intellectually coaching her, instead of coaching her how to be, I just ask her what she needs. She's smart, but normally I'm telling her what to do. Go away. Let the intellectual part of me handle this. Let the boundary part of me handle this. And I'm just shoving down emotions. That's why I don't feel depression anymore. I feel a little bit of anxiety, but not near as much. Not near as much. And usually my anxiety is circumstantial. It's based on the number of fucking people in the room and their energy. And even that part, I'm learning how to meet myself and meet my anxious parts. And the more I meet myself, especially the hidden parts, especially the parts that a lot of the world doesn't want to cope with or doesn't want to see or doesn't want to relate with. You know how I stopped being a rager? I stopped being a rager one day. Uh, first of all, my husband set a boundary and said, if you talk to me like that, I, don't, I can't do this relationship. I'm, I'm not going to be in a verbally abusive relationship. And I would only be like that when I was really, really scared, but I didn't know the anger came. It was easier to feel anger. And there was one day many years ago, um, probably 2008, nine, somewhere around there. And um, I started to feel that rising up in me. And I learned pause, like breathe, y'all, right? You think that's just a slogan? I learned Allison breathe. And so in the middle of this escalating argument, I said, what I chose to do instead of argue with him, I said, I didn't say this out loud, but what I did was I was like, pause, meet myself. I said, I need a moment. I'm going to back into the bathroom and shut the door. I will be, I'm not running away from this argument, but I need three minutes to just reset. Because that was the other thing I would do. Um, I had a boyfriend before my husband that we got in a fight and I wanted to jump out of the moving car. I was like, pull over, pull over. And because I couldn't control it and I was getting so upset, I almost threw myself out of a 
moving car down a highway. Now, I didn't actually do it, but that's what happens sometimes when these really deep parts come up, right? And so I, here I was, this like successful woman, great coach, and I would have these emotional outbursts that I couldn't control. They would just take over me. And so what I did in that day is I... I paused and I went and I checked in with myself. I didn't actually know the tools then that I have now. I just, the only tool I knew was stop and what am I afraid of? (laughs) Stop and what am I afraid of? And so I stopped and I breathed for a moment to regulate my nervous system. Hello, fucking coaching world. Hello, kindergarten, grades one through 12, college. Can we please have, in addition to reading and writing and math, can we have nervous system? Not just meditation. I want nervous system education and regulation classes for everybody. So I breathe and I said, what am I afraid of? And I was like, oh, I'm afraid he's going to pull a Bud Hasser and leave me. It's my ex-husband. You can look him up. Um, And then I said, what might he be afraid of? And I'm not going to share what I thought. I, I don't know for sure what he's afraid of, but I have some ideas. And so I went back, I opened the doors back up and I said, I'm sorry, I was starting to get to that angry place again. And I realized I'm not really mad. I'm terrified that you're going to leave like my ex-husband did, that you're just going to show up and go, I'm done someday. And his shoulders melted and he was like, babe, we can argue without you leaving. But that wasn't the three-year-old's experience. The three-year-old When my mom and dad would fight, my dad would physically leave. And my sweet mom, not as a criticism or judgment, but she didn't know how to tell her four kids, daddy will be back. She was crying and saying, don't leave too. So there would be four kids, five kids standing at the door saying, daddy, don't leave. And my mother didn't know how to comfort us and say, daddy, will be back. Mommy and daddy are arguing. We need a break. We love each other. Nobody's going like, we didn't know how to do that. And that stuff still lives with me 45 years later, right? And so I have, I have been learning and studying and practicing and working with my clients on really meeting all these little parts. And you guys, I wish there were one or two. You think there's just an inner child? There's a lot. There's a lot of parts. And there's lots of parts of me I still haven't met. You working on money stuff? So in 2017, 18, and 19, when I wasn't creating arts, you know what I was doing? I was working with my money parts. In 2014, 15, and 16, no, I'm sorry, 17, when we moved from Denton back to Austin, those of you who've been following for a while, so I used to live in this big fancy house with a gorgeous pool. It wasn't more expensive than I live now, but it it was more expensive than what we moved to. I was living at the edge of my finances. I was paying my taxes late. I was still anywhere from forty to $70,000 in debt. I was still making $250,000 a year, but it was never going down. And I was watching my parents. And I was watching my parents in their senior years, in their older years, really have financial problems, even though you know, like me, they were living at the edge of their means. They were living at the edge of their means. They hadn't put away for retirement. They couldn't sell their house because they still owed too much on it. And for years, I really wanted to control mom and dad's decisions. This is another conversation that comes up often with my clients and meeting ourselves. Our natural thing or, or the way we've been conditioned is if I can change my mother, 
I have a sweet client. I won't talk about who she is, but I've had this, I have, let's just say this client is about five of my clients put together. If my mother would just emotionally grow up, if my mother would, I just want my mother to expand and know some of these skills. Well, sweetheart, your mother's not, she's not interested in personal growth. Your mother at 75 years old is still living with all her shit. She has every right to. Every you listening have the right to live with all your shit. And my clients want, they don't want the consequences of their shit anymore. Do you, what are the consequences, both beneficial and negative? What are the outcomes of your shit, right? That's why I decided to take care of my shit. And it was so much easier to think my parents should this. My mom should this. My dad should this. I will feel better if mom and dad do this. And I realized I was projecting all, instead of loving and meeting my own shit, it was so, so much easier to see somebody else's. There was a day in my driveway when my dad asked me for some financial advice and I pulled it back and I said, no, nope, you and mom are adults. You're not senile, and until you decide that one of us kids is the executor or power of attorney, I'm not making your decision. I'm not going to even try to make decisions. And very shortly after that, I told my husband, I want to sell a house. I want to downsize. And I spent three years getting to know the parts of me and the money, not, not just the parts that create money, but getting to know the parts of me that didn't save or that didn't think about the future. How did I do that? I met my true self. And the more I met myself, the more I trusted myself. Do you know that I was in business for 10, 15 years before I even began to trust myself? Like the trust is implicit now, but I was in business for a long time. And I was always living on the edge of what if it always falls apart? What if it falls apart? What if it falls apart? And I lived with that stress and that cortisol in my body because there was a part inside of me that had not been met. I had not listened to her. And if I did listen to her, I would only listen it in anxiety. So I can truly say that I trust myself. Steve Chandler once. I used to confuse trust with trust and faith. Steve Chandler once taught me that trust takes time. Another one of my real estate friends taught me that in dating as well, because I would always trust somebody. Like, I, I am a big faith person. I have a lot of existential faith. But trust, motherfuckers, is not existential. Trust takes time. Trusting yourself is not an innate experience. It takes time. And we have spent lifetimes breaking trust of ourselves and modifying it to please, to fit in, to feel good, to bypass pain. So... So trusting yourself, you know what trusting yourself has done? It's helped me to be myself. That's what be you means. You know, you want to know what the payoff of really being me? The payoff of really being me is, um, I just got a notification about my credit score. My credit score is now 815. I'm in the 800 club. I never imagined being in the 800 club. I always had a good credit report. It was always in the six to seven hundreds. Spent a lot of time in the 700s, but I have never been in the 800s. And now I'm at 815. I'm higher than my husband. And when I was a realtor, my husband's credit score was the highest I'd ever seen. My retirement's not fully stacked, but I um, have paid off all my debt. I have money in savings. I have all my, I am 
$10,000 ahead in my tax savings account. I'm still working on it with my husband, but I am going to pay cash for the pool that I'm putting in my backyard um, with some of my savings. And to do that, I had to put a bunch more. I live way below my means. I live way below. Like I, I, my coach, um, Tara, has a revenue calculator. Like to live, how much money do you need to make to live? I only need to make $75,000. So all that rest of that money that I make, I'm building the things that I didn't build and that I resent my parents for not building because I didn't want to resent my parents. It was easier to resent my parents and resent myself. That's what the true out, that's just one example. What is the true outcome? My, my coach is so good. She was saying this. She's like, I help people self-trust. And she's like, and then what? And then what? The choices I make are so made of self-trust. There is no anxiety in these choices. They're truly confident. There's a sense of peace. And I got to tell you all, it's a little boring to market. Self-trust. And yeah, maybe I can take bigger risks or I can do whatever. I, I mean, I did a lot of risk taking before, but there's, there's something different. It's difficult to market. It's not about material things, but it's about who I be. It's about having an argument with my husband now. And I trust myself to be myself and to allow him to be him. I trust myself to not be that when I get afraid, if we're arguing to meet my own fear, it's not his job to fix it. There's so many beautiful results of truly being you. You know what the other thing I've let go of? I don't, I don't need, I used to need to be famous. I had this like excruciating need to be famous. And my coach slash therapist asked me the other day, the most loving way. She hasn't known me very long. She says, you share so generously on social media. I have a story about what that meant. And she asked me, she was like, is anything private? I said, yes, my poops and sex life are private. And yes, there's actually quite a lot that is private, but I really don't have anything to hide. I'm kind of one of those people, like if for some reason I ever was famous, yes, I had an affair with a married man. I didn't really want to, I didn't mean to. Yes, I've been an asshole. I started smoking pot when I was 36 years old. I don't smoke it that much anymore. I actually don't remember the last time. It was the accidental psychedelic overdose. Like I don't really have a lot of skeletons in my closet. I share my ups and downs um, in my business. I share my ups and downs in my life. Why? because no one ever did that for me. And a long time ago, I decided to be a leader that was going to be a little bit more transparent. I have nothing to hide because I'm not ashamed. I share my grief with you because I'm not ashamed and I want to normalize. One of the things about internal family systems, which I am studying, I'm not in certification yet. I'm in some pre-course work. It will take me a while to get certified, but you can bet your ass I'm going to. But one of the, the um, premises of internal family systems is it's a non-pathologizing framework. You are not abnormal. Even murderers and psychopaths are not abnormal. They may have different breaks with the parts of themselves, but we are all 
all of us is really wanting to be met. I want that for people. I want that for me. I want that for my kids. I want that for my parents. I want that for my, I want that for so many people. And it's why I do this work because it's easier instead of wanting that for all these other people, I just teach it that way. If you want it, you can pay and we'll work together and we'll do some of your work together. And if I'm not the person, I'm happy to make some recommendations, whether it's somebody who's more affordable, whether it's somebody who's more whatever. I want you to meet your true self so that you can trust yourself, so that you can be yourself. And as we close out, I want you to imagine what if you truly trust it? What is possible for you? I can't answer for you. What's possible for you outside in achievement, in relationships, what's possible inside for you if you truly trusted yourself? It's that, it's that middle, you like trusting the natural evolution of trusting yourself is being yourself, but you have to meet yourself to trust yourself. So what's possible if you trusted yourself? I trust myself and so... I trust myself and so I trust myself and so I'm I'm not I do coach business owners but I'm not here to do business coaching. Do you know how much money I leave on the table by not creating a coaching certification? I have people ask me every single month, please create a coaching certification. Please teach me your ways. It doesn't work like that for me. I'm sure it'd be financially fantastic. If anything, I teach people not to get certified. <laughs> I want, I want you to deconstruct certification. I want you to deconstruct religion. I want you to deconstruct politics. I want you to deconstruct capitalism. I want you to deconstruct the systems and structures that you're living in so that you can meet yourself, so that you can live in these systems and, and change them. They say change from the inside. It's not from inside the system. It's from inside yourself. I made it I'll close with this stupid story. I think it's funny. I have this like lonely little existence over on Twitter that most of you probably don't know about. Um, I don't really do a lot of coachy stuff on Twitter. It's, you know, it's really the place where I want to tell everybody fuck off, but I don't. So the other day, Glennon Doyle made a funny comment about, you know, she's married to Abby Wambach, who's a professional soccer player. And Glennon is kind of funny because she's like, I don't do sports ball. And my husband and I, who were both athletes in high school and college, I played soccer, okay? And y'all know me. This is what's funny. If y'all knew me, you would know it was a joke. And in Austin, Texas, we have a new professional soccer team. And the professional soccer team, like, on on Saturday, we had our first. They built this new stadium. There is no parking. Um, They built this new stadium. It's this big deal. It's this big deal from Austin. People are all wearing bright green Matthew McConaughey is in charge of it, owns it, whatever. I don't know. It's all over the place. And on the news on Saturday morning, that's all they talked about was the Austin FC, the Austin FC, Austin FC. And um, then apparently Saturday night, they had their first game. Well, I did play soccer, but I only played soccer till about fifth grade. I didn't play professional soccer. 
I played soccer and like intramurals in college with my sorority. And so Bill and I were laughing because there was all this big deal. And the next day, the soccer game was zero to zero. And there was no, no winner. I don't know how that works. Anyway, so Glennon Doyle had made this comment once again about watching sports ball soccer with Abby. And I know that Glennon kind of has this shtick around sports with Abby. Bill and I do that all the time. We're like sport. We, t- we call it sports ball. My husband's very into baseball. We know the real terms. It's just funny to call it sports ball. So I, I wrote this tweet back to, in a response to Glennon um, Doyle Melton's tweet. I said, oh yeah, we had a soccer here in Austin too. Nobody won. Help me understand. And all these people came out and were like, we had a soccer, like making fun of me because I didn't say it right. Um, making fun of me because I didn't say it right. Um, saying, what an American comment. Well, no shit. I'm fucking American. I'm not going to make a European comment because I'm not European. But there were like, there were people that were really dogging on me for this. If you really knew me, you'd know that I was being sarcastic and silly. And obviously on Twitter, they can't. <laughs> but what was so funny is I noticed, like I wanted to defend and explain myself. But if I trust myself, I'm not going to defend and explain myself to anybody online. If I am not in personal relationship with you, I don't care if you misunderstand me. I don't care if you think I'm a greedy fucking American who doesn't know shit about soccer. You're probably right. My world does revolve around me. Your world revolves around you. That's the other benefit. I don't. I spend so much less energy and you have the opportunity to spend so much less energy defending yourself, protecting yourself to other people's opinions. They have the right to believe what they want to believe. And I I don't need to defend it. I have the right to believe what I want to believe. I have the right to contradict my beliefs. And the more I'm comfortable trusting myself and who I am and what I believe and how I spend my time and the way I handle myself, the less I need to defend myself to some fucking stranger on Twitter who doesn't know Allison, who doesn't know she's being silly, who doesn't get my jokes. I don't need you to get my jokes. I think my my husband does not get my jokes. I think my jokes are fucking hilarious. I don't get my husband's jokes. They're 13-year-old boy pee-pee-po-po jokes, fart jokes. Well, he doesn't really do fart jokes, thank God. So, yes, we've spent almost an hour together. Shout out to those of you that have been here this whole time. Shelly McNamara, you win a prize. Girl, I want to send you something. Could you message me privately through Facebook or wherever? Um, Send me your address. I want to mail you something. Thank you just for being here and holding space. That really helps me. I love you. I love connection. I love coaching. I love sharing my journey so that you have permission to take another step authentically, compassionately in your own. If you want guidance or just, or to be in a community, right? Like some of my clients are like way better at shit than me, right? But if you just want to be in a room with people that this is the zeitgeist, come join Solis. Coachwithallison.com. We have calls twice a week. You don't have to come. I have some people that never come to calls. They never come to calls. They just they just like to be in the room. And I have some people that come almost every single time and everything in between. So um, come be in our world. Let me support you. If you want to experience expressive arts, if 
you want to do some of this trust yourself work in the medium of paint at a hill country house with a pool and nine other amazing, brave women, message me. I'll give you the link. 2000 bucks. We can do a payment plan. I don't mind. Let's make it easy. I love you. Thank you for spending time with me in your ears or on your face. Leave you with this thought. And I would love if you would tell me. If you don't tell me, that's fine. What would you do? But I, I, what I really want is you to ask yourself, what would I do if I trusted myself? And is there a part of me that I really need to spend time with? My morning meditations have become spending time with my parts. It's the most holy and spiritual experience I've ever had. Meeting the little nervous ones, meeting the afraid ones, meeting the sad ones, meeting the tired ones, meeting the physical ailments. Life is really good. Better life, better work. Love you guys. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and want to dive deeper, come check out Soulful Success. It's my online coaching membership community where we dive deep into the practices of being and doing that help you create your unique version of soulful success in the world. It's a special community of small business owners just like you, and it's where I show up and give my clients personal support at an accessible fee. Check it out at www.soulfulsuccess.info. That's S-O-U-L-F-U-L-L. S-U-C-C-E-S-S dot info. Soulfulsuccess.info. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.